Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. All right, David Aristamian, thanks so much for jumping on my podcast. I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me, Sam. Hey, I'm excited. You and I have been buddies for a while here. Excuse the scratchy voice. I uh, woke up with a little bit of a scratchy voice, but um, today I'm excited because we've been buddies for a while. I've been watching you grow your business. Uh, you're you're a, a good friend of mine and an investor in the Multifamily Investment Club, you do your own investments, flips, and a rock star real estate agent in Phoenix. So um, yeah, man, I'm excited. So let's get started. You've been a, a licensed realtor in Phoenix um, or full-time realtor since 2016. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I moved here in Thanksgiving day of 2015, got my license in 2016 and signed up with Mike Ferry uh, March of 2016. Wow. So, so hold on. Five years later you do you're doing 100 deals a year that's pretty killer yeah this year we're going to close 120 between me and my team that's amazing so for for our listeners or investors that don't know 100 deals a year is the top one percent of producers in the country um it's very difficult to get to that high of a number so you have to be extremely disciplined talented and, and good at what you do and that's why i wanted to have david on um Besides the fact that he's a very smart investor who's been um, really working with us since day one. So, so David, let, let's talk about the investment first, just a tiny bit, because um, it's kind of funny. Um, just I, I think it, it's fun to think back where you, you know, you flew out to Boise. We thought we were going to put a ton of money into the Boise market and we drove around just getting to know the market there and and end up not putting anything in into um Boise and and we've talked a ton looked at deals you and me and your dad looked at a Shreveport deal that I think we're very glad we didn't do um we flew out to know. Utah you, yeah flew well, I flew out to Utah you were already there yep you came to Utah looked at deals that we could have purchased but probably wouldn't have cash flowed here because the prices were so high missed out on a couple deals that we we would have loved. So I mean you've been doing the research, flying out looking at properties with us from, you know, since about 2018. Yeah, for sure. Good times doing that. It's learned so much from you guys and all all I mean, I think we all learned from each other. So that was awesome. Yeah, it it was really fun. It was fun hanging out with you with Michael Young and and um you know, I I think success there there's a few things we're going to talk about this, but it's about who you hang out with. And I, I know that you made a conscious decision to hang around top producers. And that's what I've always did. That's what got me over 100 deals a year as a residential agent is hanging around, hanging around big, big thinkers. So while you know I'm not trying to kill it on the residential side anymore and, and do 100 deals a year, um, I am trying to think really, really big. And so that's why I've really enjoyed being around you and, and hanging out with you because I know you're extremely disciplined you're really good at what you do. You sold my best friend's house in Phoenix, by the way. And he said, you did a fantastic job. Thank so you. thanks Thank for you. that. Um, so 
man, it's just, it's fun hanging out with the right kind of people and, and people that are going somewhere and, and doing big things. And I think our listeners will be, in, listeners will be inspired by, um, by your story and, and how well you've done so quickly. And I've been surprised about how fast you've grown your business and I'm excited for you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah. So, so you invest, you, you've put in a huge amount of money with us. We're appreciative of you, but your main source of income, your every day, 10 hours a day, I don't know how much you work, eight hours a day. Yeah. Uh, more. Yeah. You, you work a lot is, is selling homes in, in Phoenix, Arizona. So um, tell me a little bit about your daily schedule and what does it take to do 120 deals a year? Yeah. Well, it takes, um, it takes a lot, man. What it takes is accumulation um, and just time in the business. So granted, it hasn't been a lot of time. It's been really intense uh, five, six years that I've been doing this. I want to say it's almost six years, I guess, at this point. Um, and then it's taking, it's, it's surrounding yourself with the right people. So my transaction coordinator has been with me since basically year one. And she's still on the team and she was a huge, her name is Corey Shaper, huge part of my success. Um, without her, I don't know if I would have done it. Staying in coaching has been huge for me. And just building the team organically has been um, really important for us. I, there's there's no way I could do this without, you know, my admins and um, my TC, my listing coordinator, and my admin. And then, yeah, my buyer's agents too. We're very important as well. Awesome. So you found the right people. And you've been able to scale and grow by hiring competent, positive, good people. And, and I think that's awesome. When when I started, instead of selling real estate, buying through syndication, I said, you know what? I only want to work with, I only want to work with the most fun, happy, positive, successful people possible. And I'm, you know, I'd had a couple of partnerships that weren't the best. We we made a bunch of money in those partnerships, but it wasn't enjoyable. It made mm. it into work, not as fun. So tell me a little bit about, I know you're a very positive, just happy guy, but tell me a little bit about your team. And, and I mean, are you guys all pretty positive, pretty upbeat and, and yeah. thinkers or, or yeah, tell me. That, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good question. So you know, we, we are the, the accumulation of the five people we surround ourselves with. And I spend most of my time with the girls uh, in the office. So, um, you know, my, I have a listing coordinator now, coordinator now who uh, transitioned to that from admin. Uh, we, we replaced her position with another admin as well. So basically we have an admin, a listing coordinator, transaction coordinator, and three buyer's agents. And the way I look at it, um, if I'm letting them into our space, into the team, they got to be on the same wavelength. Like everybody has to be on the same energy level because one person's energy can drag the entire team down. So we're super selective as to who we allow in because again, this, this goes back. I mean, the clients end up, end up feeling this stuff and mm -hmm. real estate transactions are already stressful enough. Last thing they need is emotions to get into play and for people to bring their personal and we all have a personal life and that's important, but don't bring it into the business because there's already enough emotions at, at bay in the business. Exactly. Well, <clears throat> funny side story. My buddy's house that you sold had mold. And I remember him being so pissed and stressed out. He had no idea that he had grown some mold in this little spot. And he was so frustrated, angry. The buyer was freaking out a little bit and you handled it well. And 
week later you close, you know, it, yeah. it could have blown up and been this crazy deal. And, and I just remember Tyler was, was pretty upset. Um, but he said, you handled it really well. And actually I remember, <laughs> okay, here's a funny story for you. Oh my gosh. Just brought back a really funny memory. So I've, I really see my friend Tyler kind of lose it, but <laughs> he was in my car basically yelling at the top of his lungs. So pissed that his house had mold. And I was like, damn, this guy's mad. Like I've known him since <laughs> freshman year of high school. And like, you know, he was upset. He didn't want to have mold in the house he was selling. It was, but he was so freaking mad. And, and he got on the phone with you in my car. And actually you, you talked him through the situation. I don't think you knew that I was there or maybe you did. Totally I didn't know that. Yeah. And, but I just remember him like, ah, like freaking out in the car, like, dang it, mold. And uh, he talked to you and it was done and you've handled the situation. So I thought that was pretty freaking hilarious being on kind of the just unbiased third party, listening to my friend freak out and you calm them down and, and get the deal closed. So that was kind of a yeah, fun to watch. We're, we're, we're taught to be the calm in the storm, right? We're all, it's all about being the calm and storm. So there's storm happening. We got to be the calming force in a transaction. So exactly. Good point. Good point. The only way you can do that though, is if you're detached from the outcome. Yeah. Yep. So the reason why I keep my production so high is so I could be detached from the outcome because I mean, I look at some of these guys in the office here, they're doing a deal every month or every two months and they need that deal to close for them to pay their bills. And that deal goes sideways, they lose it. I mean, the stuff I hear, well, I don't really hear it because I'm in my own office, but the girls, yep. when they're outside, they're like, dude, these people are crazy. You know? Yeah. No, I remember that. That's that's a really good point. So you produce more, you provide better service because- totally. You're not obsessing over this one deal. You're handling it with control. And that's a really good point. But just so our listeners know, and um, how much, I mean, doing 120 deals a year, that's 10 deals a month. What would be your gross income? I know you've got expenses and admin and all that, but what would, what would be your gross income about? Probably about 1.5 million. Damn. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That yeah. is so cool. So just so our listeners know, um, David, I don't know a harder worker. And so congratulations. Um, he'll make about gross 1.5 million in, in 2021. And next year, you know, I, I told you my top year was like one is about like 146, not yeah. deals. So, um, but I think you, you by far out earned me because 100 and, 146 deals between me and my team um, wasn't 1.5. I'll tell you that much. So good job. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we, we we service a higher end price point as well, which is great. Um, we do everything. I never turn business down, but um, we've been, as the market's been increasing and as my exposure to people in the market has been increasing, thankfully I've been able to track some, some higher end stuff as well. So it's always That's great. Awesome. And you always look good. You're always in a suit and tie and you look good. You drive a nice car. Tell us what kind of car you drive. Got a three piece it, man. Got a three piece it. Um, uh, you know, my daily is an X5M. So um, it's just a luxury, like sporty SUV. And then, and then I have like a exotic e-car that I try to have every once in a while when, when I'm not investing, I should be investing. Um, Yeah. yeah. But you know, you got to have fun once in a while too. Yeah. You got to reward yourself for working your ass off. That's awesome. But the best thing is when you have the passive income paying off for your supercar. That's, that's, there that's you go. There we go. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't, I'm not going to say how much you've invested with us so far, but you've got some pretty big passive income goals. What is your passive income goal for on a monthly basis? When you're done investing or when you get to the point where you can say, I don't have to work anymore, or maybe I know I will, but here's how much I want coming in every month. Yeah, I think what's interesting is this number may change in the future, but right now it's 25,000 a month. And this is for financial freedom is what we call it. Um, just not having to worry about whatever happens in the market or in the in the economy. Once I get to that number, um, it's $300,000 a year for the most part. If you pay taxes on that, if you don't have depreciation, you're left with you know 200000 or whatever. And I could have a fairly comfortable life off that if everything absolutely went to um, went down the drain. Yeah, that's that's an awesome goal. $25,000 a month. Um, that's really cool. And setting and, up the family with 10K a month, I think is really important too. Uh, because my family's, what's that? Is that separate or? Separate. The, yeah. Yeah. So 35 people. I was about to ask you, you're really close with your family. And yeah, totally. You know your dad, Kevin, really good dude. Um, but tell me a little bit about your family. I know you guys are back from Boston. Um, but yeah, tell me about your family and kind of, I know they're important to you. So just a little bit of a backstory. I was born in Baku, Azerbaijan during uh, basically a religious war that was happening there between like Christians and Muslims and all that. And uh, we we were basically relocated to Moscow and ended up coming to America as refugees when I was like four years old. And oh, hold on, repeat. Where were you born? Baku, Azerbaijan. It's a country right off the Caspian Sea. And um, okay. I'm Googling that shit right now. That's I thought you were Armenian. I'm Armenian, yeah, but born in Baku, Azerbaijan, so um, former USSR, so B-A-K-U, and uh, ended up coming to Boston, Massachusetts. We lived in a basement. American Red Cross paid for everything, Um, and it was just, I I mean, I still talk to the guy that the the family that had a kid and, you know, the family that was living in the basement with us, they also had a kid, and I still talk to that guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, we basically like grew up in a basement together, which is kind of crazy, but, um, that's yeah, awesome. we ended up- Hold on. So that's the American dream. I mean, that's, that's badass. That's so cool. So your family came here when you're four and now you're making 1.5 million a year. Heck yeah. Like, so that's cool. And that's really, really cool. I was just looking at the map. So it's Baku is just North of Iran. Yeah. And yep. next to Armenia. So your family went from Ar- Armenia to Azerbaijan. How do you say that? Azerbaijan. Yeah. Azerbaijan. <laughs> Butchered yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. And then when you were four, so that was what, 1980, 90? Oh, 1992 or three is when we ended up coming because I was 1989. I was born in 1989. Okay. So. Got it. I thought you were just, yeah, you're just a few years younger than me. That is awesome. Well, your parents must be proud. I mean, that's that's quite a lifestyle change to have a holy war, you know, Christian Muslim issues going on, be uh, refugees, like yeah. refugees. Yeah. I mean, we were literally like different country. Kicked out of our house, had to leave everything behind and came to America. Basically, the story is they came to America and they had $100 to their name. Um, so they yeah. built, you know, so that's why that's why I talk about giving back to my family, because I mean, they got me to part part of my life. They got me to where I am right now. They, they, yeah. they're a huge contributor to it. So absolutely. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I don't know if you've read the book. Oh, damn. Now I'm going to forget it. 
by the guy that trained Michael Jordan. Oh yeah. The coach. Yeah. I read that. He's the, he's the personal trainer coach. Um, kind of same thing. His dad. So his mom went to uh, America before him to work and his dad had his two boys and they flew to, uh, whatever city they were going to, and they didn't have enough money to, to get a ride to their house. So they walked like 30 city blocks or something with their suitcases, their dad with two little kids. So yeah. oh, I just need the exercise, you know, no, no, we'll, we'll take a cab some other day. You know, let's just, let's walk. Yeah. And yeah. He found out he's like, no, they didn't, he didn't have a hundred dollars. He, he had no way to uh, get his kids in a cab and they had to walk like 30 something blocks uh, with two little kids in suitcases to, uh, to, to their apartment, but similar story. It's all There's about for everybody who Tim Grover. That's right. Winning Tim Grover. What's the one before that? He had another one too. I forgot. I forgot the other one. I'm Googling that shit. Cause Tim Grover's awesome. Yeah. That book's pretty inspirational. Grover. I think he's from, he's like from India or something. Yeah. India. Yeah. They're Indian. Yeah. Tim Grover. Why can't I think of it? Books, Tim Grover books, winning relentless. relentless. That was the one relentless. Yeah. So Tim Grover. So, so for those of you that may read the book, I think you should, he's the guy that Michael Jordan paid to train him. And Michael Jordan said, you're so good, Tim, that, I'm going to pay you to not train anyone else. You're not a, oops, excuse me. You're not allowed to train anybody else while I'm active in the NBA. Yeah. So Tim could only train Michael and he doesn't just train physically. He's very, very smart. And like, he would do stuff. Like I remember the story, he would give LeBron a note before the playoffs when LeBron was in Miami and the note, he just passed him a note and the note said winning matters. I mean, stuff like, you know, you get pumped up for a game. Remember, here's the game plan. It, just go f- freaking win, man. Go win. Go yep. win the game. And right. obviously, Kevin, your your mom, your your family are have got to be very proud and excited. Um, my best friend, similar story. Chinese immigrants um, came to America. The, the mom and dad worked um, in a Chinese restaurant. They still don't speak very good English. Um, they're like four eleven. I give them big hugs when when I go back and see them in Boise, and um, their three kids are all engineers or doctors. Yep. And uh, the kids all take care of their their parents because a huge amount of sacrifices were made to, to get them here. And so it sounded totally. like your family was something similar. Totally, man. It's this whole circle of life, right? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, there's a lot of people that have it really easy. A lot of people that don't have to work too hard for it. Um, I've always told people I'm not the most talented. I'll just outwork you. I'm going, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to outwork you. Eventually I'll win. I'm going to win for sure. And and I know you've approached your business the same way. So I want to talk about your goals. Usually I ask people what their why is and they're like, well, I want X, Y, and Z. I want this for my family, this for my kids or whatever it is. And I thought your why that you texted me was pretty interesting. I'm going to read it. And um, you said, you know, I work so hard because I never want to be put in a financial position where I have to put my family at risk because of money. And so your core, and and that says a lot about you and kind of your background, you know, you're not focused on what you want to have. You're focused on what 
the lifestyle is and, and what you don't want to have. You don't want the risk and the stress and the lack of financial freedom. You want to be in a good position for you and your family. You just said a minute ago, you also want 10,000 a month cash flow for your family. So talk to me a little bit about your why and, and why is that your why? I don't want to go back to where we came from, man. You know, it's uh, the, the, that's, that's not fun. Um, my, my mom was, you know, baking cakes in a, in a basement. My dad was pumping gas and delivering pizzas. And I mean, just doing anything possible to make money. It's just so it's, it's, wow. You know, it teaches you a lot, but it's not, that's not what, that's not, that's not the goal. We got to think way bigger than that. So for me, it's selling real estate. I mean, I, I hear all the stories we know, we understand I, I sell three homes a, a week. I, I sell a home every, every three days. So every three days, so, or two, two to three homes a week, if you want to call it that, but every three days is what I, is what I tell people. And it's typically we're representing sellers. So when we're representing sellers, we know why they're selling. And a lot of right now we're having a lot of greed, basically sellers are, Hey, well, we want to sell because the market's this high and we want to cash out. Whereas, you know, a year or two ago, it was very different. You know, yeah. we're selling because we can't afford these payments. We're selling because we were being forced to relocate because we can no longer afford to live in Arizona and we got to go to a state that's a little bit cheaper. Um, who wants to be put in that position to, to, to get yeah. the, take the kids out of school? Um, that, that's just not fun. That's not the way to live. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. And, and it's really cool that you take 100% control and possession of your financial situation. You know, um, everyone's been guilty at one point of blaming others for for their circumstances. But I think one thing that at least successful immigrants understand, I think, better than anyone is it's just about your effort. You know, you can there's a lot of opportunity. Your dad freaking delivered pizzas to get you to where you're at now. And I guarantee you, your dad's not going to be satisfied with with mediocrity because he's, he's going to say, Hey, what the hell, David, I didn't deliver pizzas and work a second job for, for nothing. Like get your ass out there and work. So exactly. I think that's cool. Um, I've got a friend. Um, well, it's not a friend. It's a person who I know they're a mutual connection an and it's an acquaintance. Um, I really don't know him at all. All I know is that, um, he has four kids and he lives in his sister's basement, refuses to get a job because he doesn't really like what's what's out there. And um, it, it blows my mind the amount of opportunity there is and how easy it is to be successful. If I lost my real estate license today or and I couldn't syndicate and buy these, I would do something else and I would crush it. I would, I would kill it because I'm going to work hard. Totally. Um, and there's so much opportunity out there. And that's just my mindset. My mindset is there's abundance and I'm going to crush it. And I'm going to for sure provide the type of lifestyle I want for my kids. Um, and what I want for my kids is to teach them how to work their asses off. And just like you and your family, there's amazing opportunity for anybody that works hard. Um, 100%. So yeah, really interesting talking to you today and talking to a friend about this other person yesterday where they refuse to work. They come from money. They come from a bunch of money. They don't really, their, their family kind of supports them. The, the guy is 38 years old and can't hold a job. And 
his wife has to support them and she's good at it luckily, but um, they live in their sister's basement, unfinished basement. I'm like, really in Utah with an amazing job market, number one real estate market in the country right now. Like, how is that possible? That blows my mind. Um, It comes down to discipline and, and, and probably a lack of accountability. Huge. Well, that's what I was about to say. His, his family just gives him money and your dad and mom aren't going to let you play video games and sleep in their basement. No, I, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't, but, anyway. but you, you wouldn't because that's not how they raised you and they wouldn't let you. Yeah. You know? um, my parents aren't going to let me live in there, even live with them. Like they're like, no, like you're, you're way too, I've been given way too much, you know, to, uh, to do stuff like that. I've got way too much. So let's talk about that account- accountability because it started with your family coming to America when you're four, like the accountability is it was tough and you remember that and they remember that. And so that's where your accountability started. And um, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I mean, how, how accountable do your parents hold you to your education, to your work ethic? Have they put a lot of pressure on you in in a good way to be successful? Yeah, they, they have, you know, it was, I I lived a pretty strict uh, life growing up. So, you know, the push towards education, which may or not be the right way, but for me, it ended up being the right way, thankfully. And then, you know, surrounding myself with the right people, meeting the right people. I mean, some of my best friends I met uh, in college. So I'm not one to be against college, but I also understand the disadvantages of going to college. But just growing up and and seeing the struggle, I think... uh, really helped me to, to like push myself to, to the absolute limit, or maybe a little bit uh, below, below my limit. I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, I've been, I've been one to burn out. I, I totally have. When you, when you do this in a brand new market, uh, when I, when I moved here in 2015, I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't know streets. I didn't know. I, I knew one person in Arizona other than my realtor. Um, and I was like, that guy's doing pretty well. I'm going to, I'm going to totally crush it. You know, I'm going to outproduce this guy. If that guy's doing well, when, when you bring in your, like, I'm from the East Coast, so you bring in Massachusetts work ethic and, and, and vibe to Arizona, it's, we're just kind of playing on a different, different level. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you read the book, um, Hard Times Create Strong Men? No, but I'll, I'll buy it right now. <laughs> my, favorite, um, my favorite podcast, I'll, I'll send you a link when we get done here. Um, his saying is, hard times create strong men strong men create good times. So we're talking about your dad here and your mom. Um, Good times create weak men. Yep. If you allow it to, which you're still in the good times, obviously uh, cycle, weak men create hard times. Yep. I I look at that as kind of a family cycle. You can look at it as a a country cycle, you know, um, whatever you want, but, um, they're on a family level, the guy that gets to live in his, his sister's basements, creating terrible hard times for his kids and his family and his spouse and his family, because yeah. his parents did so well and, and his siblings are, are supporting him. So it's interesting if you allow the good times to, um, to, what would I say, allow you to betray your your principles of what helped create the good times, mm. they will create hard times. It's powerful. Yeah. That's a, that's a quote. Cool, I've heard that quote somewhere, man. Maybe, maybe it was in, 
you know, one of our conversations, but yeah. uh, very, very powerful. And powerful very book. I, I like it. I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, and his, his podcast is called respect the grind. And if, you know, if that doesn't define a real estate agent doing a hundred deals a year, I don't know what does, you know, you're it's grinding grind. every freaking day and you're rewarded very, very well. And your family is very rewarded very well. But tell me about your daily grind and the accountability you have in place yeah. to keep you grinding every day. Yeah. 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 And, and I just realized I never, I never answered your question about what my schedule was like. So I'll combine them, the, the both, both of them cool. together. So, um, I'm, I'm super structured. I kind of box myself in is what I call it. And my accountability has changed over time. So when I didn't have a team, it was, it was obviously different when I didn't have a team. It was, it was role play at seven to seven fifteen. role play at seven fifteen to seven 30. So I'm in the office typically by like six 45 to seven. That's my schedule. Um, and then I jump on the phones at seven 30. Obviously we generate, we have, we reach out to people. We generate business by reaching out to people. So we're prospecting is what we call it. We're looking for buyers and sellers buyers for our listings um, and, and sellers who become buyers as well. So that's what we're doing probably between the hours of 7.30 to 10.30. Obviously now I have a team, so I have check-ins with my team. I have a listing coordinator, transaction coordinator I check in with. But just in the morning, um, I check in with my team. Good morning to the team. I post an inspirational message to the team. Um, I have a video that I have to record myself saying my affirmation on the way to the office. Nice. Um, I have a check-in at 7.30 where I have to text the group saying, hey, I'm jumping on the prospecting phones. Um, and then at the end of the day, I have a check-in with an accountability partner, Michael Young, where we tell each other how many contacts we've made, how many appointments we've set, how many listings we've taken um, or you know, contracts opened. So we're, we're always, we're putting ourselves in a position where we're always being looked at by somebody else because it's very easy for me to check out for the last quarter of the year and oh, yeah. be like, you know what, I'm going to go travel. But if I go travel, this whole thing slows down. So my listing coordinator doesn't get paid as much. My transaction coordinator doesn't get paid as much. And the accountability is me making sure that I provide food on their table by doing the business I'm doing. So if I slow down, I'm going to let them down and uh, I'm not okay with that. That's huge, man. That's so cool. Tell me really quick what your affirmations are. Give me, just give me a couple of them. I'll just give you the whole thing, man. Cool. Let's do Tell it. Tell everybody my secret. I'm a multi-million dollar producing real estate agent. I'm a caring husband and father. I'm a role model for my family. I set one qualified listing appointment per day and meet with five qualified sellers per week through daily and routine prospecting. My commitment to provide unparalleled service means I work my competition daily. My clients become repeat clients. So do their friends, families, and neighbors. I help 125 families buy or sell a home every year. 150. 150. That's going to be <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. 2022. I oh, that's awesome, man. I love it. I love you. And, you know, I'll challenge you. I think you had to record it to a song, bro. When I was brand new, like trying to figure out how to call Fizbos and expireds, um, I had a sick, sick baby. My daughter had um, lung issues and I was stressed. And I recorded my affirmations to an Eminem song. Love I just it. remember clicking play over and over, like while I was prospecting, like just freaking do it, Sam, just go, just motivate, motivating myself. Cause the, if you study um, motivation and, and uh, self-talk and different things, the most believable voice is your own. So if yeah. you hear your voice, cause you just said it, but if you play it back for yourself, you'll believe it in even more. Yeah. And I know you can hit 150 deals next year. So I would challenge you to, 
at least record it. But even yeah. more fun is pick your favorite motivational song, kind of dub it over with a garage band on a Mac or whatever you want to use and record it for yourself to it, to your favorite song and, and play that in the morning. And I played it like a few times an hour. Just remember how bad I was at cold calling and how I had to figure out how to, how to make money in real estate. And, and it was awesome. And I still have it today. And, and um, it gives me tingles. Like it literally gives my body tingles when I listen to that song. And I remember how hard I had to grind and the accountability I had to have in place just to get to 30 deals a year. I remember totally. how hard it was totally to get to 30. Um, now that you said that, listening to your, your yourself saying it or hearing yourself saying it, um, I just remembered Eddie Oberoi from uh, California. He yep. mentioned to that what he does is he takes a cold shower. I, I do the cold shower thing every morning, the Wim Hof breathing and all that. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> So we say oh, the affirmation. I'm not doing a cold shower. Sorry. <laughs> so we say the affirmation in the shower. So you're like sitting there, and you're d- 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 like, you know, shivering, but you're saying the affirmation. It's so powerful. Um, but oh, but cool. that just reminded me um, in regards to schedule too. Your 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 morning routine starts the night before, um, and you know people are like, well, yeah, I'm gonna wake up early. Like you want to wake up early, man. You got to get to bed on time. Because otherwise you're going to be a wreck the rest of the day. So, um, you know, I'm typically in bed nine to nine 30, the latest 10 o'clock. If I have a late night, it'll be 11, but that's like once a week, twice a week during the week, obviously. Um, and I'm writing out my goals, my affirmations, um, my gratitudes. That's when your morning routine starts the night before. That's cool. Hey, I'm going to play it for you really quick. Cause I want you to hear Do it. it. Heck yeah. Cool. Yes, you're going to be discouraged. I'm going to restart it. Yes, you're going to be discouraged. Yes, you're going to be tired. Yes, you have to understand that the work involved in high-level success is not easy. It's time-consuming, boring, repetitious, and as a result, you can make huge amounts of money. Today is a fantastic day. I am powerful, excited, enthusiastic, happy, positive, determined, motivated, on schedule, disciplined, committed to my success, and I'm inspired. I always hit my goals, and my goals are exciting and motivating. I sell 50 homes every year. I take five listings every month. I set two qualified appointments every single day because I'm a great listing agent. Sick. Oh, keep going, bro. Pump up the volume a little bit. Listing for sale by owners is my favorite way to sell real estate. Fizzles are fun to talk to. They love it when I call them because I make them right. I listen intently, I ask great questions, and I listen some more. And I am so skilled at closing that I can close over and over and over again. That's why I love calling Fizzles. They make me so much money. I close every for sale by owner that I talk to repeatedly until I get the appointment. I set two appointments every day because I stay on schedule and I'm a closer. I attend four listing appointments every week because I stick to my schedule and I prospect hard. I take five listings every month because I'm a great listing agent. 
make me money. I love calling expires. Expires love talking to me because I listen. I ask great questions. I listen some more. And I make them feel important through massive approval. I am so good at closing that I can close over and over and over again until I get the appointment. Expires are so easy. All they need is my professional help. I close every expire that I talk to repeatedly until I set the appointment. I set two appointments every day because I stick to my schedule and I'm a closing machine. I attend four listing appointments every week because I prospect with intensity. I take five listings every month because I'm a good... Yes, you're going to be discouraged. Yes, you're going to be tired. Killing it. Dang. Eminem has some competition, man. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's crazy to uh, just to think that 50 deals a year was an exciting, crazy goal for me. And, you know, back then my average price was 300000 So <clears throat> I don't know, after taxes, that would have been, I guess, 250000 That's a good amount of money. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, 250000 But I mean, you're making 100000 a month, over 100000 a month at this point. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And, you know, keep in mind, uh, yes, that's what we're making gross, but we also have a lot of expenses. Oh, so yeah. now that I'm running a team, it's like, I got to, you know, I got staff to pay. We have full time and part time and yeah. it all adds up, man. It, it does. But yes, my income is a lot higher than most people. Yes, it is. That's so I don't work my ass off more than most yeah, people. But... You deserve it. You, you, the work <laughs> is, is, is there. You, it's not like you're just getting listings given to you. So, so that's there's, awesome. There's a good amount of sacrifice going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. for sure. So we talked about your family, which is awesome. Really cool story. Surrounding yourself with the right people is the thing I kind of want to end on. Um, Mike Ferry real estate coaching is the best real estate coaching in the business by far. And it has the most top producers by far. And yeah. you said something earlier, you, you become the five people you spend the most time with. And um, it, it's so true. I remember going to Mike Ferry from the time I was a brand new agent from 2010 and just thinking hundred deals a year. Are you kidding me? Like my goal was just to make a hundred thousand a year when I got, yeah, I remember, remember thinking the guys on stage were lying. Yeah. Like, like there's no effing way they're making a hundred thousand yeah. a month. Like yeah. no, no effing way. And I remember my broker is funny and, and this makes a, a really good point. He would tell me, Sam, you're going to make a million a year someday. I was like, you're fucking crazy. Whatever, dude. That's, I don't even, I can't even comprehend that money. And I remember just thinking the guy was retarded. Like, whatever. That's so weird. Thanks. Thanks for saying that about me, but that's so weird. And this guy, this John Parr, my broker kept telling me that you're going to make a hundred, a hundred thousand a month. You're going to make a million dollars a year someday in real estate, Sam. You're going to make a million dollars a year. And the guy freaking brainwashed me. And in 2013, after three years of hearing that, I finally said, I want to make a million dollars a year. And it took me another five years. So it took me eight years, um, but I did it. And it's huge. And uh, thank goodness for spending time with a guy that wanted to brainwash me into believing in myself, right? Yeah. And no, you've man, done the same thing. Those are, that's, those are key relationships right there. And just surrounding ourselves with other people that just allow us to think bigger. Right. We're so like, man, when I was growing up, I was just, hey, if I can make a hundred bucks a day, I'll be rich. That's what I told my dad when I was super young. I'm like, dude, if I made a hundred bucks, I'm good. Benjamin a day, man. 
Yep. And he's like, yeah, you'll see. You'll see how wrong you are <laughs> goes fast, when you dude. get older. <laughs> now I'm like, geez, I mean, we're making a few hundred an hour, um, which is great and all. But, you know, we just figured out how do we provide value? How do we yeah. provide value? And um, by, by surrounding ourselves with the right people, we're able to think bigger. We're able to understand there's more out there. And, um, you know, we're so disciplined, right? I mean, when was the last time you watched the news, Sam? Mm, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, seriously. I mean, other than a few clips when COVID started, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I see it's on Facebook and I just scroll past that. I, it's it's pure negativity. I would rather talk to you. I'd rather see what new listing you have. I don't want to look at the news. I want to see new badass house that David Aristamian listed. Like I don't, I don't want to look at the news ever because it does not change or affect my life at all. Exactly. People obsessed with the news. Guess what? I'm going to make a million a year, whether we've got good news or bad news. Yep. COVID or not COVID. I'm still going to work my ass off and stay positive and, and make a bunch of money. Let me tell you something. Our office closed down when COVID started. Literally, they were like, you cannot come to the office. And I was like, no, you guys don't get it. Like, I'm going to come to the office. They locked the front door. I came in through the back. Like, no <laughs> joke. I was in here every freaking day. I don't awesome. think I took a day off during COVID. Um, That's awesome, man. That's yeah. so cool. And just reaching out to past clients, reaching out to people I know, just checking in with them, making sure they're staying healthy. Um, That's it was, so cool. I, I knew I knew agents that didn't get out of bed. Yeah. Here. I mean, awesome. dude, we I lost a couple hundred thousand dollars in income. Because of COVID. Yeah. Because all of a sudden these big deals we're about to buy, banks wouldn't lend on them. Yep. And I remember losing a bunch of real estate deals too. And and 2020 was a tough freaking year. And again, this goes back to who do you spend your time with? I would talk to Brian Burnett, um, Hal Swayze, Mike Darda, and they said, I'm doubling down. I'm doubling the F down. I'm like, oh, so you're not feeling sorry for yourself for the deals you've lost and and I struggled with that. I, I had a rough year in 2020. I had a depressed wife and 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 a divorce and COVID and losing money. And, and I was like, oh, wait, these other guys are struggling with stuff too. Um, they're not sitting around in bed feeling sorry for themselves for losing business. Brian's exact words were, I'm doubling my um, daily activities. So yeah. if he was contacting 30 people a day, he went to 60. He said, I still have to hit my goals. Mike Darda gained, um, did more deals, I think in 2020 than he'd ever done because no one else was working. He yep. gained market share in, in, in COVID. So you came into the office said, I don't care what everyone else, they're locking the front doors. I'm going to sneak in the back and I'm work my ass off. And now you're making 1.5 in, in 2021 after, uh, arguably one of the craziest years our country's ever had. Totally. Uh, I'll tell you this too, right before we jumped on this, this, uh, recording here, I had lunch with um, a potential client. The guy bought over 50 homes in Arizona um, in in his life. Not bought and sold, bought, like bought and rented. Mm -hmm. Um, Huge, huge landlord. He's a broker out here, you know, getting older. He's kind of phasing out of the business and he wants to sell a bunch of his properties. And a lot of these homes are not like Phoenix homes, by the way, they're in Paradise Valley. So Price per square foot in Paradise Valley, even for dated product, is four or five hundred bucks a foot. Wow. And these houses are five thousand, ten thousand square feet. So wow. you can calculate that. <laughs> and uh, he said that the most important thing in life is is your mindset. And um, 
being able to push through because he was telling me the story just at lunch today about how he was sweeping floors in a factory. Five years later, the guy was head of admissions at a university. Mm-hmm. The guy who fired him sweeping floors, his son applied to that university and he, he you know, declined the, the, uh, oh, well, the application because the guy was so rude to him. But at the same time, the son just didn't qualify for the job. Um, He went on to build medical offices, sold the medical offices in Chicago, moved all his money to Arizona. I mean, ultra successful, ultra successful. But it was his mindset that allowed him because I was like, how did you go from sweeping floors to a professor? And he's like, dude, I saved my money. I invested my money. I did the right things with my money. And that's what happened. But it was all because of his mindset that he had the whole time. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. I, I love it. Well, what's your what is your goal for next year? 150 deals or what? Yeah, 144. So a stretch will be 150. So yeah. Mike says to always try to increase our business by about 20%. So I figure at that point, we'll have four buyers agents. I have three right now. I If if we get to the point where we need another one, we will. Um, but I really like to keep it tight. Um, and uh, so yeah, everyone that has referrals for Phoenix, the greater Phoenix area, send them to David Aristamian team. You're with Russ, Russ Lyons, right? Yep. Sotheby's International Realty. We do it all. Don't let Sotheby's scare you. Some people think it's all luxury. No, we do it all. We crush it in every price point. Land doesn't matter. Homes, multifamily, whatever. And you're a big time investor. So obviously you understand multifamily and how to flip homes. You just did a flip. Um, So people can literally reach out to you for anything. So um, anything you need in Arizona. Yeah. And and I've referred my best friend to you. So, and you did a great job there. So anything else we can promote for you and your team? Um, want to give a shout out? Hey mom, anything like that? Honestly, yeah, family for sure. But, um, my, my number one thing is, is going to be to, for, for agents watching this, that want to build their business, just have a structured schedule, have a structured schedule, surround yourself with the right people. Um, be really diligent and disciplined with your nights and your mornings. Um, I like to say typically nothing good happens after 10 o'clock anyway at night. Typically <laughs> there's some good stuff that happens obviously, but sometimes you're lucky. Yeah. So be really disciplined and, and, um, and, and just grind and you'll get there. Awesome, man. That's so cool. I'm really excited to, uh, see your success this next year. We'll have a check-in again next year and see how you did. I'm ready. Uh, I'll be ready. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Super inspirational American dream going from, you know, literally refugee to multimillionaire, you know, your, your family is doing fantastic. So I'm excited for you and, and appreciate your example of how hard you work, but um, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks, man. You're giving me goosebumps, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, having me on.